you know attacks from from the devil himself is is all I can think. Um, touch her financially and mental, mentally and spiritually. Just just fill her up with you and and let her know that she's not alone. Heal her stomach. She was sick. Just make her feel well and rested and and anew. Just fill her up, Lord, and and touch her daughter and her dad as well. Just show them that you're there for them as well and that, that you're not going to abandon them that that all they have to do is ask just let them know all they gotta do is ask in Jesus name Lord we pray for for your beloved Jerusalem Lord <clears throat> there's so much coming against it now <clears throat> and and I just pray that that we as a country will firmly stand with them. Because whoever blesses them, you bless us. And that's what you want us to do. Support them and stand with them. We know that your hand is always on them and you're going to bring them through. That everything that happens, you are in control of protect the people protect their protect their hearts protect their livelihoods and their families father and we just thank you that you have them in your hands oh god in jesus name <clears throat> father we humble ourselves before you yes lord lord we Pray for our leaders in this country. <clears throat> they have so much going on, Lord, that without you, they can't do anything. Father, this country is so divided. People are just pulling in all different directions and <clears throat> thinking about doing their own thing. But we know you have it under control, Lord. It's all it's all under control by you father no matter what decisions they make that does not change you lord because you never change father we ask that the leaders would uh, come to you for guidance and for wisdom father and lord i i pray that that they all come to their senses all right miss marie Father, I'm asking you to build a ministry up, and if we're going to get a church one of these days, I know we are. I know you're going to get us a church, a big church, and it's going to be full of people. Um, I'm asking you in Jesus' name to help us out and get our dream saw that it comes true. I know you will help us. I'm positive you will help us. You always have. And you always will. And you're with us. We know that you're in here right now. Yes. You're, you're the greatest God ever. And I know you're going to help this ministry to survive. And we're going to get $500,000. We are in Jesus' name, amen.
Uh, Scholar, GNC, please. Okay, Aiden. Kayla? Okay, Zora. Okay, I just want to pray that you help me um, get stronger and get more involved in the church and helping out. And I just want to pray that you help me figure out who I who I really am and help me not have so much anxiety about everything. Father, we thank you for the love that you poured in this place for your son, Jesus. The moment that Ms. Marie said that you're in this place, Lord Jesus, I just felt your overwhelming presence. I thank the Lord for the faithfulness of your children who come out just to be with you. Thank you for Jose and his daughters arriving here safely, Lord, and Watch over his wife as she continues to go on to work, Lord, and be with her and see her home safely. We ask now, Jesus, that you forgive us for our sin and our word and deed that we may have done wrong before God, our Father, who sits upon the throne. We ask now, Holy Spirit, that you open our mind's eye to hear what you're saying to the church. Lord, continue to be with your people around the world. Give us the boldness. Holy Spirit, to speak the word of God without fear and trepidation. Lord, let us proclaim the name of Jesus so that the world would know that there is a God and that we love you. Have your way now, Father, in this Bible study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow, look how well you all are sitting. Jose, you can come to the table so that you can write if you want to take notes. That'll be okay. <laughs> On that one? Well, she can come sit up to the table. You can bring an extra chair. Make him move his, his chair over a little bit. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I want to share this with you all before we move forward in Ephesians chapter 4. You remember when we was had our teaching on second this is on chapter two about the coming of the antichrist well last night i woke up to perry stone preaching on that same topic and how that god is going to send a strong delusion into the world that those who are not anchored in christ are going to believe in a lie and how man, it's not going to be beautiful it's not going to be good here on earth for those who are not uh, in a relationship with God's Son, Jesus Christ, things are really going to get bad. Their minds are going to be messed up. 
And they're going to believe every lie that come their way from the Antichrist. And even though, as Perry Stone said last night, the Antichrist himself is not here, but the spirit of the Antichrist is here. And it was here when Jesus left. John even wrote about him in 1 John chapter 4. He said, everything that's not of Christ is the, what? Antichrist. And to get people to understand that, you have to understand, you have to have the spirit of Christ living in you, the Holy Spirit, in order to have the conviction to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. And uh, I was excited to wake up this morning and to hear Perry Stone preaching on this. And everything he said was the same thing by the Spirit that I told you all. And it, and it made me feel good as a man of God that when you follow the Word of God and give the people the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit will confirm the Word of God himself. And so, anyway, what's going on in this chapter now? Well, Paul is continuing to write to the Ephesian church, um, in particular to the Ephesian elders. These are the leaders of the church in Ephesus. And as we know, this is one of the seven churches. It's the first one on the list of the seven churches in Revelation chapter 2. And where we're starting off now is he named all some things in which God had done with this predominantly non-Jewish church. There were Jewish Christians in this congregation, but predominantly non-Jewish Christians who had a background of deep, deep witchcraft. Really deep witchcraft. And they make New Orleans look like a little puppy. Okay? In chapter 6, Paul will talk more about that on how to fight against spirits because demon spirits are real. Are you hearing me? And we do know from the study of scripture that even though Israel were aware of demons, they were not informed on a level that Lord Jesus had brought them before. They had never been uh, so aware of demonic presence until Lord Jesus came on the scene. And demons began to speak even in their church service. Well, we say church service because it's easy to identify with it, but in his day, they're synagogues, which simply means meeting place or assembly. That's what synagogue means from synthesis, means to, to gather, a gathering place. And so, he was preaching in his own hometown there in the synagogue when a man full of demons began to ah, speak out. And Jesus dealt with him right there in front of everybody. They never had that done before because the rabbis and priests, they didn't know how to handle the demonic. But Jesus did. That's interesting. And also the demons knew who he was sitting up in there. We know who you are. You're the son of the most high God. They called Jesus out right there in front of everybody. And so, Ephesus was plagued with demonic worship. It was just really, really bad. Okay? Uh, today's term, one of the things that we would easily call it is witchcraft. Okay? Witchcraft <laughs> is one of the things that we can identify today. Witchcraft. Uh, voodoo, 
you name it. But this is some of the things that he dealt with. But predominantly what he's writing in this particular chapter is how your life used to be as non-believers, as sinners, to now how Jesus has come in and saved us, and now by the Holy Spirit, he's helping us make that transition over to this new life that God has given us that we call Christianity today. Amen. Okay? And it's remarkable how he does that. Paul is probably the most, and uh, not that God will compare his children, but he was absolutely a scholar, a scholar, excuse me, a scripture scholar. Oh my goodness. Okay, here's where we are. In verse 20, he says, in the NIV side, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. What is he was just referring to? He's pointing backwards, all right, to something he had just said. Otherwise, Jesus didn't teach you how to be an adulteress. Jesus didn't teach you how to dishonor your parents. Jesus didn't teach you how to lie. Jesus didn't teach you how to, how, how to steal and, and, and to dress in a manner that's not pleasing to God or to speak in a manner that's not pleasing to God or even not to love people. Jesus himself did not teach that. What Jesus taught was the love of God. Pretty simple. And that's what he's saying now. Your new life is based upon our Lord Jesus' teachings. Okay? So, here's the problem. Jose, if you buy a brand new computer, do you take the old hard drive out of the old computer? that's broke and put it in the new computer the hard drive. right they have all the memories and stuff and everything that you've written do you okay listen to me carefully let, let me bring it at you all a, another way you got rid of your old computer because it's corrupt okay mean nothing good was on it so you go out and you buy a new computer well, that new computer doesn't have anything on it. You got the load stuff on it, right? Do you take the corrupt stuff off the old computer and load it on the new computer? No, because they can transfer all the bad stuff. Oh! Well, that's what Paul is writing about here. He said, now that you are a new person by Christ, you don't bring over the old stuff over to the new person. So the new person has, be, has to be taught the new way of God. Okay? Everybody understand that now? So our way of thinking has to be restructured to the new way of thinking in Christ Jesus. That's what he's talking about here. Okay? Christ is now reprogramming us. From the old to the no. new. That's what he's referring to. So, surely you heard of him and were taught in him according with the truth that is in Jesus Christ. If we go back and study the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then we would know what Christ taught. And even more so when we look at the Acts of the Apostles. Okay? The Acts of the Apostles, all the way from Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter 28. 
which is the last chapter in the book of Acts. What those apostles taught, it was exactly what Jesus had taught them. Because remember on the day of Pentecost, they didn't remember everything Jesus had taught them. Because one of the things Jesus told them, when the Spirit comes, he will teach you what? All things are bring to your remembrance everything that I have taught you. Okay? And sure enough, on the day of Pentecost, do you know what happened to the, those apostles? All of a sudden, they did what? They could remember everything that Lord Jesus had taught them. And they could speak different languages. And they could speak different languages. Yes, ma'am. And so on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and he taught the people a very powerful sermon. And 3,000 people got saved right then. Amen. Okay? And that's something? Because before, those apostles were kind of struggling. But when the Spirit of God entered them, it was no more struggling. All right? Now, in verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. Well, what about that? Which is being corrupted by deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Well, Miss Vicky, before the Lord saved me, I used to drink. I used to love Johnny Walker Red and Cavasse. Am I saying some stuff to you now that surprised some of you? Yeah. And I was, I was something else. And fight, you didn't get in my face. I didn't play that. Okay? I was a mean, nasty man. I would cuss you out in a heartbeat. Y'all looking at me, Pastor Sammy. <laughs> hey, I wasn't born a pastor. I was born a sinner. I was saved and made to be a pastor by God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? <laughs> So what happened over those years, Brother Amelia? You were changed. I was changed. Who changed me? Myself or Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. By the very ever presence of the Holy Spirit being gentle and compassionate with me, even at time disciplined me to get my listening pole to think in the right way. Okay? He helped me. And so... Sometimes, shall I wonder if we are too hard on our children in this respect because when we first got saved, we were newborn babes in Christ. Yeah. And we made a lot of mistakes. We went back and did a lot of the things that we used to do because that's what our minds remembered. That was the behavior that we were accustomed to doing. Okay. So, in order for the transformation to take place, growth has to happen by Jesus in us. Okay? Now, in verse, Miss, Miss, Miss Vicky, in verse 23, here's one of the hallmark verses in all of, the, of Paul's writings. Here's one of the verse of scriptures that we have to learn, boys and girls, 
to know that we can't continue to cut up in class. We cannot continue to disrupt our teachers. We cannot continue to dishonor our parents and disrespect them. That's right. And we cannot continue to disrespect God by disrespecting other people. Because Lord Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love your self. Okay? Now, if that is true, and it is according to Scripture, we do know loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength, and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves brings us together with people. But when we are not practicing that, it puts people at odds with us. Like, like today, there was an outburst here today. I still feel bad over that. And it really dampens my ability to teach. Because if, this is what I have to tell y'all. One of the reasons why I want an office where Brother Milliardum can keep me away from everybody and give me those minutes before I get to come out here with you all, it protects the anointing of the Spirit that's on me. And when that happens, what you will see is what took place on Sunday. When the anointing of the Spirit was flowing all over me, it felt like my body was being bathed in electricity. I couldn't describe it. And you notice, Miss Vicky, even though we had a, a church bulletin that kind of outlined direction where we wanted to go, did we follow it? Because the spirit don't follow no man, but the man follows the spirit. Is this making sense to you all? Look on, verse 23. King James. So, I want to back up to verse 2 in the King James. That ye or you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. In other words, the, the former way of life, the, the, the behavior that you used to live, okay, which is corrupt. That's bad. In other words, sinful. Corrupt is another way of saying sinful, okay? According to the deceitful lust, in other words, the word lust there. It's not always in a sexual manner. It means desires, evil desires. The Greek word there, I believe, in verse 22, yeah, epithemai, the third word from the end in that, in that Greek sentence of verse 22 there. Epithemai simply means desires. You have these desires, these passions that are not in accordance with the word of God. So, now we have to do something with those evil desires. And Paul over in Ephesians chapter, I mean, Romans chapter 8 tells you and I that with the help of the Spirit, we can take and stomp those desires to death. Get rid of them. But you have to do it daily because they don't know how to leave you alone. Okay? They keep coming back. But the more you slam them with the Word of God, the more they'll what? Stay away. And less attractive they will be to you. Is this making sense to you? Now, so in verse 23 then, he said, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, the mind part there, and I believe the Greek word there is nous. Shelley, nous refer to your intellectual, your academic ability. 
Meaning that you've got to have some knowledge up there. You've got to know the difference between right and wrong. But in whose eyes? The world eyes or God's eyes? God's eyes. God's eyes. That's right, baby. You've got to know the difference between right and wrong to God. Okay? And then you've got to line yourself up with those teachings of God by the apostles and say, okay, you remember reading in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, when Moses told those people that was fighting against him constantly? He said, Who, he said, whoever is on the Lord's side, let him come to me. And the people jumped on over there with Moses. They chose to live for God. And whoever was left, do y'all know what happened to them people? Say it again, Scholar. You betcha. That baby, no, you go, boy. The earth opened up and swallowed them and then closed back up on them. Wow. Moses gave him fair warning, didn't he? Whosoever is on the Lord's side, let him come what? To me. They chose to do what? Stay over there with Dathan and Korah. And they paid for it with their life. So this is what, in a way, God is saying through the Apostle Paul. Renew your mind to be on whose side? God's side. Jesus have already told us on the night in which he was betrayed in John chapter 14 and verse 21, he says, he who has my commandments, that means you got to know them and keep them. The word keep there means obey. So he who has my commandments and obey them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will come and make myself known to him. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. And, but how do we know to get there? How do we know to remain there? In that same context of teaching that night in the upper room in chapter 15, it's hot in here, Shelly. It's so hot in here. Please do something about it. In chapter 15, he said, if my word abide in you and you abide in me, then you will ask whatsoever you will and my father will do it. In another place, he said, and I will do it. That's what Jesus said. So if the word of God is abiding in you and you're obeying it, Jesus said, ask according to the word that's living in you. Then he said, he will what? Do it. Okay. Pretty simple instructions from the Lord. However, the apostles are just extension of Jesus' teaching. They continue to teach him. Where he dropped off at, they picked it up and carried it on. And that's what you see in here. So, and that you put on the new man. NIV say, and you put on the new self. Okay? Uh, the Greek says, kano antipon, which is new man. Okay? Put on the new man. In other words, you are now aiding God, say you are a brand new human to him. You're not the old Aiden that you used to be. Okay, that means, Hosea, the moment you said yes to Jesus, that, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life into your hands, the moment that you said that from your heart in minute was the moment God recreated you in heaven. But you still 
have the old mind though, but you have a new spirit. And so now you got to train the old mind not to think old ways. You got to train the old mind to think new, to match up with your new spirit. Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah. Like we're talking about that computer, go back and reprogram, put some new stuff in there, some good stuff. All right. We used to say when I was taking computer classes many years ago, junk in, junk out. What does that mean? Whatever you put in you is what people are going to see. Junk in, junk out. That's what you get. Okay? So, y'all like that theatrics? All right. So, you put on a new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Righteousness is very powerful to God. Righteousness moves the heart of God every time. I don't care how weak you may be in the flesh. If your heart is right with God, you get God's attention every time you call him. That's right. Amen. Amen? Amen. You can be that little child and you say, Father. And Jesus say, here I am. <laughs> what you want, baby? And he answers. By the way, the, the, the phrase in what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, when it says, Abba, Father, in the Greek, I mean the Hebrew Bible, it says, you're saying to God, Dear Father. So you don't think God listen when you say, Dear Father, it's Jose. Hello, Jose. How are you doing today, son? I'm fine, Father, but I do have a problem. Shelly won't do her part of the work. <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever the issue is, you can tell him, okay? Because he, he's your father. So righteousness moves the heart of God like nothing else will. And now righteousness have a twin brother. You can't have one without the other. Whenever you see this one, you see this one. What is the twin brother name? Look up there on the screen. At the end of verse 24, what's the last word? Righteousness and holiness are twins. They're inseparable. You never see one without the other. You cannot live righteous before God without being holy. And you cannot be holy without being righteous. Now, y'all like that, don't you? They're twins. So how can you say, I love God, everything's right with me and Jesus, but you're living like you've never been saved? Okay? Righteousness says that my life is different than everybody else. That's holiness. Okay, God made us righteous, meaning that we haven't done anything wrong in God's eyes because Jesus' blood washed away all of our sins, gave us a new beginning with God. Therefore, Jesus declared us righteous, okay? And because we are, we now live a holy life, a life that's different than the rest of the world. Yes? And that, my dear brothers and sisters, means 
Righteousness and holy are now living in you. The twins live in you. Okay? One's not going to leave the other and say, See you later! My job is done here. Because when holiness leave, righteousness come right alongside him. He said, I'm going too, bro. Okay? And it's a known fact. Haven't you seen that, Miss Vicky? All of a sudden, a person come to church, they say they surrender their life to Christ, and, and then the cares of this world choke that love that they had for Christ out of them, and now they're back on the block, giving people the finger, getting drunk, and doing all kinds of stuff, cussing people out, and you go, what happened? And then they cuss you out because you want to tell them to return to the Lord. What happened? They kick holiness to the side. Oh, I don't have to live this way. I can still be saved and go to heaven. God still loves me. Did you forget one thing, though? What's that? Holiness. God requires holiness. So when holiness leave, righteousness leave. And if righteousness leave, that means you're now a sinner. Oh, was I supposed to say that in Bible study, sinner? In the 21st century, they say no. Well, my Bible says, yes, sinner. Then tell him to take it up with the one that wrote the book. Okay? So that's, that's the alternative. Be righteous and holy or be a sinner. Remember we talked about Sunday at church, about the church in Lacedaemon, straddling the fence? And Jesus said, you're neither hot nor what? Cold, but because you're lukewarm, I vomit you out of my mouth? Yeah, I mean, he said, I get rid of you. Oh, so you really want to take that gamble with God? Well, you can't lose your salvation. Then you play with God that way. But I'm not going to gamble that way. Okay? I'm not going to test the waters like that. Because my Lord paid too big of a price on the cross for me to act a fool. Make sense to everybody? All right. So, New King James side. Therefore. Therefore means what? I'm punning back to the things I just said. I'm getting ready to give you a good explanation for the things I just said. That's what Paul is saying. Putting away line. Uh-oh. Some in modern day church say this is legalism and God doesn't deal with legalism because you're covered under grace. This is not legalism. God saying this is how you to be holy. I declare that you're righteous and this is now how you are to be holy. In other words, this is how you to be different than everyone else. Okay? How's that? Stop lying. Let every one of you speak truth to his neighbor. Well, you're going to say, well, that's under the law. It says, do not speak falsely against your neighbor. Well, God didn't change his mind because Jesus came then. He must continue to want us to live that way. Right? Stop lying. And then it goes, for we are members of one another. When you lie to me, you lie to the entire body of Christ. 
When I lie to you, I lie to the entire body of Christ. And guess who else I lie to? I lie to God because Christ belongs to God and we belong to Christ. So I just lie to God. Yeah. Got it? Be angry. Jose, earlier today, I had to bite my tongue. Because that old man wanted to creep back up in a hurry. A certain person inside that that person wanted to challenge my authority, my discretion as the pastor, and making decisions about a certain event. That should be disrespectful. <laughs> and it just. I got to admit, I, the last couple of days I've been moody. I, I can sense when I'm moody. And I'm trying to teach these kids when people make you upset, you control you because Jesus said so. If I hadn't been under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, they're gonna make I would explode it. Cause I want it to. I want it to, but the spirit of God said, "Calm down, boy." That is not a testimony for Jesus to see a pastor explode like you want to right now. Those babies were in here, and even if it would have just been me and that person, that still wouldn't have been a good testimony. But when you're led by the Spirit. You know what, that's true. I, I can actually say that that is true because I had a bad temper. You learn to <laughs> back back it down, Brother Million. Yeah. But that been a day, boy, I'd have grabbed that stool and say, you don't know me, and wow! <laughs> I was crazy. So when Belinda and I got married, I've been saved for three months. The Holy Ghost had did some work in this boy. Amen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> look a little princess. Anyway, so in your anger, do not sin. King James said, be angry and what? Sin not. So God didn't say that we couldn't, couldn't couldn't be angry at somebody. Are you a preacher and you angry? I've had people tell me that, Zora. You're a preacher. You ain't supposed to get angry. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Where did you see that at? Did you just rewrite the Bible for me? Because the Bible that I know says that I can be angry, but I can't sin against God in that anger. Like I want to right now. Slap you side your head for saying that stupid thing. Okay? You can't do that. We can't talk to people like that. We can't go outside people's head. We got to continue to love them. 
When Jesus chased the money changers out, the, 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 the thieves and robbers that was in the temple selling animals, he got angry. He got him some cars and made him a whip, and boy, he drove him out. But did he sin against God? No. He was angry, and he did not sin. We can be the same way. Be angry and do not sin. Okay? All right. And do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. I love the King James part. Boy, Shakespeare must have translated that part, Miss Vicky. That's very poetic. And do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. Meaning before the sun sets, get things right. And Jesus even told us when he was here, he said, if you come to the altar to offer a gift to God, and you realize while you're there at the altar, your brother, you got something against your brother. He said, leave your gift at the altar and then go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come back and offer your gift to God. Because if you don't, God is not going to accept it. You go through the motions of giving, but he won't accept it because you didn't do the first works of what? Being reconciled with your brother's sister. And so, listen to Miss Vicky. She's just sounding so beautiful over there. Did you know tones come from her? I just heard four or five different tones come from her. Well, that sister must be some kind of angelic being. <laughs> Let's go on. Before I get myself in trouble. Verse 27. Now, and do not give what? Foothold is actually closer to the Hebrew translation. Do not give the devil a foothold. What's a foothold? Brother Miller, you've been around a long time. You know a lot of stuff. What's a foothold? Don't give him an opportunity. Don't give him an inch because he'll take more than that. Well, a foothold is something you put your foot in to hold your foot. So if you put your foot out there for the devil to grab, guess what he's going to do? He's going to snatch your whole body. So here the man of God said, don't give him that opportunity to grab a hold of you. How? How do you prevent that? By doing what he said earlier. Be angry and what? And don't let the sun go down upon your anger. Other words, get things right before the sun set. Okay? A lot of people say, well, if you go to bed angry, you're going to wake up angry. That's not what God was telling you. God was just simply telling you, get it right as quick as you what? Can. Because then what happened then? You get angry and it's already dark. Then how do you explain that one? It's the same principle. Get things right as soon as you can. Okay? And, uh, oh, she's so good. But she done flipped that thing all the way to the top. Verse 28. 
I like the King James side, so we'll go to this one. Let him that stole steal what? Still no so if you notice now, he's teaching you the new way that Christ wants us to learn, right? Because earlier he said, let him that lie, you know, stop what? Stop lying. Now he's saying if you're angry, be angry for a cause, but don't sin with it, right? And now he's telling you if you are a thief, do what? Stop stealing. Not only stop stealing, but to do what else with it? He said, but rather let him labor, or what? Work, working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that need. Now, uh, stealing seems to be a normal thing in some people's lives. And just about all of us at some point have stolen something in some fashion, whether it's picking up a pencil that we didn't ask for, or getting a cookie we didn't get permission to have, or staying out late and lying on mama. At some point we done something wrong, whether it's lying, stealing, or cheating, okay? That's what the man is saying. Yes, Scarlett. You had your hand up? So, at some point, he said, you have to come to your spiritual senses and stop this. Stop it. And if you are a thief, stop stealing and get a job and make a living. And then take a portion of your living, your earnings, and help somebody else out that's in need. Because there's always somebody worse off than you. And Brother Million and Sister Vicky watched the lady. We were out there passing out them eggs that time. That lady came up in a nice SUV. You remember that? And was dressed nice. And what did that lady tell me? I'm so glad you're doing this because my husband just left me after being married for 14 years with two small children and I didn't know how I was going to put food on the table and I just come from a job interview. You can't judge a book. You can't judge a book. If she was just been passing by, Jose, we'd have said, but that's a nice SUV and a pretty lady with nice clothes on just drove by. Must be doing good. Must be doing good. Until we heard her story. So I say, see that old ugly white van over there? She said, yeah. I said, pull on over there. I said, see that old man there? I said, he'll help you out. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> see, stop, stop lying, preacher. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. Anyway, but you got to be able to help somebody out. Okay? And then, let's take a look here. I love King James because this is the part that I learned many years ago when he said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. What is corrupt communication? Gossip. Ah, that's one of them. What's the favorite one? Huh? Here, say it again. 
Bad words, what'd you call them? Yeah, cussing. Y'all ain't like y'all scared to say it. Some of you say it anyway. Huh? Paul, evidently the church in Ephesus had a problem with their mouth, right? They like what? Cussing people. I did too. Okay. I'm starting to change as time goes by, like without even realizing. He's helping you. I'm, it's, it's different, you know. Without even thinking about it now, it's, it's just kind of happening. Yeah. So, I'm kind of I, I remember when the Lord started cleaning me up. And my wife and I was early in our marriage, and she was back home, and I was at the recruiting office in Baltimore, and one of the recruiters made me mad, and I let off one of them big ones. And my wife heard me, and I was on the phone talking to her, and I talked over the phone to him, and and Miss Nelson heard it. Oh, woo, boy. I felt like I've been knocked upside the head through the phone, boy. Sammy! Watch your mouth! Oh man. Yeah, boy, she got me good. I said, oops, I'm sorry, babe, but he made me mad. No excuse. Talking like that. Now, here's what I tell people. Hello, brother. How you doing, brother Jeremiah? And little sister Jones. Anyway, so he said, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Let's talk about some forms of corrupt communication real quick while it's on the table by the Lord. Here's one of them. Profanity. Don't use profanity. And here's the thing about profanity. I'm ready to educate you in an academic way. Profanity is anything that you use to call a person out of their name well. You're using it in a profane way. And one of the things that Shelly and my wife used to get me on when I say that old heifer. <laughs> I never heard that until I moved to Florida. I'm okay. Telling you. Well. They don't call people heifers in Kansas. They call them a lot of other things. <laughs> but is that that person's name? No. So did I just call that person something profane? Pro profanity is using a word in a derogatory manner towards someone else. It's not just those expletives that y'all like to see up on the screen with all those funny symbols. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be a bad word. It just be it's a bad word in the context in which you use it. Like I said, that old heifer will make me sick. Okay? That, that, that's, that's not cool. All right? And then there's the other ones that we know the general category of the other ones, okay? And we don't need to highlight those to give the devil any glory. And then here's a fancy way of saying it, and you can look this up, college girl, vituperation, okay? Vituperation. Vituperation is an academic way of saying he's cursing. Okay, look it up, Miss Miss College Girl. Okay, I want an answer at the end of Bible study. Rip, rip, how you spell it? Use your academics. Vituperation. You got it's V. All right, y'all got your homework while at Bible study. Look at that.
All right, so let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use for edifying or wholesome. Wholesome, Other, another way for saying host, healthy communication, okay? Words that build people up and not tear them down. Corrupt communication is you're stupid. You're never going to amount to any good. I'm sick of you. You get on my nerve, get out of my face. All this is corrupt communication. You dummy. All of that is corrupt communication. Okay? All of that is corrupt communication. Okay? All of that is corrupt communication. So, but if you say, you know what, at the moment, I'm not happy with you. Sometime I will, some of you have heard me say, you're a smart boy, think about it. Ooh, I say that all the time. Smart but the old man would have said what? You dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Right? <laughs> but wholesome conversation, wholesome communication says, you're smart, boy, figure it out. Okay? Use the good sense the good Lord gave you. All right? And then if you fail, come and ask somebody. Doesn't mean you're kind of tired there today, aren't you? It's not a good day. Well, God be the glory in your body. We're going to do something here in a minute with him. Junior, Brother Jones, reach up there and get that communion box right there by those two white boxes right in front of you. That's it. Bring it over here, please. Everybody, we're going to pause for a moment on the teachings. You're about to see the glory of God at work. Brother Amelia. When you take communion, you're saying to Christ that you're one with his body and that you're one with his spirit. And in Christ, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's nothing but perfection of the presence of God. So, we're going to ask you now, Take communion with your Lord and to align yourself now with him. Command sickness in Jesus' name to depart. Amen. Okay, to God be the glory. So, he tells you and I that we're to use words of grace to build people up rather than to tear them down. There are words from heaven that God has placed in you and in me to encourage one another. Not just in the body, 
but those on the outside of the body as well. Because our very lives are testament that we belong to Jesus when the world see how we treat one another. Amen? Verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. When you look up that Greek word that stands for grieving the Holy Spirit, okay, that word, lubamete, lubamete means that it tells us that the Holy Spirit has real feelings, Jose. That invisible person of God that lives in us has real feelings. And when we sin, when we tear each other down, when we lie, when we cheat and steal, that we wound the Holy Spirit. I know you in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We hurt the Holy Spirit. When we don't do what's right ourselves. Whether it's thinking something wrong, saying something wrong, doing something wrong. The closest person, let me explain it this way. The Holy Spirit lives closer to our hearts than any human can ever live. And the only example that we can see of that is when a mother is carrying a child. That child is a part of that mother's body. The Holy Spirit becomes a part of our lives, never separated from us. And so, he's the one sees what we do wrong before anyone else does. He's the one that hears the words that we speak before anyone else does. He's the one actually know our thoughts before we do. And therefore, we have to be mindful of the things that we do all the time. I, I'm guilty of it myself, and it's very difficult when you're prone to being hard-headed. Okay? So not to grieve God's spirit, meaning that we must always be aware that he lives in us and that he has real human feelings, human-like feelings, and that those feelings could be broken. His heart can be broken. And you remember when I told you all, if you ever want to make the Holy Spirit mad, just talk about Jesus in a bad way. You ever want to make Jesus mad? You talk about the Holy Ghost in a bad way. Because when you do, 
Jesus, like he told those people in his hometown of Nazareth, when they had attributed him casting demons out of people to the power of the leader of the demons, Beelzebub. Beelzebub was a Canaanite name for Satan. They say he cast the demons out by the power of Satan. That's why he said, if Satan cast out Satan, how can his kingdom stand? And he went on to say that whosoever blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall never be forgiven. He said, neither in this life or the life to come. And right before he said that, he said, all sins can be forgiven except one. He even said, you can speak against the Son of Man. Otherwise, Jesus said, you can even speak against me. And that sin could be forgiven. But when you attribute the work of God, otherwise the work of the Holy Spirit himself, to that of a devil, you just blaspheme against God's Spirit. And Jesus said, you'll never be forgiven for that. Yes, sir. Where in the Bible can I find it? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. We'll do a search for you because on the top of my head, it'll come to me in a second. We'll do. Zora, go back to the other screen. Minimize this screen right here. Okay, go from GNT to uh, King James. Uh, any one of them. Come on down. You can go up to. One up. Okay, minimize the other screen some more. You got to hit the minimize button, that one. All right, go in there and down there where you see. I need you to. In fact, you can go here and just type in B L E M B L B L E M. Hold, slow down, child. It's not, okay, go to, change this search right here. All right, change this right here. Hit this. That's what you want to hit. Choose search version. Ah, cancel that part. All right. Come over here to a word right here. Come back here. We'll find it here in a minute, Jose. Keep talking, Shelly. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hit this one. Yeah. Why did it come up that one? Belzebub should not be over in the NIV side. Hold on a minute. Keep talking, Shelly. Keep talking. About what? About the text. About the text? About, about the Bible? 
Right, keep talking. That's all right. We want you to read the Bible. Mind blowing. I didn't have all these things that I'm reading, like, just, I didn't have all these things. Yes, and I told him that if throughout your life, when you read it, all of the different things, you know, like, you can't, I'm different parts of your life. Yeah, go ahead. Keep on. Because I'm doing the Bible in a year. We're just about finished here today. I think it was encouraging to fill space. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. No, you no, 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 no. I should have had my, my act together. Yeah, you should have. You're right. Okay, Zora. Go to. It should have brought it up. Go in that same search block and type in B L A S. B L A S P H E M Y. No, no, no. E P H E M Y. Oh, P H E M Y. Mhm. <coughs> no, no. Go back one more. <coughs> e M Y. Okay. Now tell it to go. There you go. Now click on it. Yes. Did you double click? Yeah. Go so on. Chain King James over to uh, NIV. What it is, though, what's up? Come on down one more. Come on down. NIV. NIV. Right there. Now double click on it. Go back up to the top block. Double click. Come on down. 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 Right. One more. Click on it. We should have put it up there. Okay, here you go. Matthew 12, 31. I should have known to do this. I was a dummy today. Well, there are cross-references that you can find in some of the other Gospels. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven, man, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Yeah, you can go and read the whole context with Jesus and Beelzebub. And you'll read more about Beelzebub in 2 Kings that tell you more specifically about how they were worshiping this false god. Okay, and they attribute the work of Jesus casting demons out of people to that. And when it was God's spirit that was doing it. Yeah, it's all the stuff that I'm reading. It's just, I've never, like I was telling Shelly, like I've, only time I ever read a book in this society kind of frustrated me is whenever I was in jail. 
that's the only time I read a book, which was Tom Clancy's uh, Rainbow Six. Okay. Other than that, even in school, like I would act like I was doing my work, but I wasn't. And I've never ever been interested in any book. I would, I literally would fall asleep once I opened the book. It didn't matter what it was, I would fall asleep within minutes. And I started reading the Bible literally like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was just like I can't get enough of it. Like, hey, here's the good news, little brother. It's that <laughs> when I read Revelations when I was nine, <laughs> I never touched it again until three weeks ago. Well, here's a blessing. Even at the end of Revelation, it says, "Blessed are he who reads the words of this prophecy and keep it." Otherwise, obey it. That's, okay. That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah. But with his help, all things are possible. Okay. And so, uh, Zara, go back to uh, other screen that you had minimized. Let's finish up this so we can get Jose home. Oh. Click back on that. Now on, on that one. There you go. All right. We're going to finish this out real quick. And Ephesians, don't touch anything, Zara. Don't touch anything. Okay. If you do, you'll mess up right now. You don't have to rush. No, we're not rushing. We're towards the end. So, it told you in verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Seal means God's approval is upon your life. The Holy Spirit is God's evidence that you're saved. The Holy Spirit himself. And so Paul said, don't you dare grieve him because he's the one, when God sees the Holy Spirit in us, it shows that we belong to Jesus. Again, when he wrote in uh, Romans chapter 8, and I think in verse 15, he said, he who does not have the spirit of Christ living in him is not his. And the spirit of Christ is the same as the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's a mouthful. Here it is in a nutshell. What he said up there, stop talking mean and nasty to people. Stop using profanity. Clean your conversation up. Don't be a brawl. A clamor is another way of saying you like to fight. You like to start trouble. Okay? Since stop it. Stop it. Even your kids who like to get in your finger, I'm not scared of you, bring it on. Right? He's saying for God's children, stop it. Don't do it. Okay? Then it goes on. Anger. You said, listen. Don't, you, you don't have to be angry. You choose whether or not you want to be angry. Regardless of what the other person is doing, you choose to let that emotion show. Okay? Bitterness. I mean, you see some folks you can't satisfy. Uh-huh. They have a spirit of bitterness. But the Lord said, if you belong to me, get rid of it. Period. I don't want it among my children. Because it's like cancer. It destroys relationships. Okay? Um, And the final thing, now, malice. Malice is kind of like premeditation, Shelley. When someone premeditate to kill someone, like premeditated murder, Malice just 
Yeah, in the court of law, we call that malice of forethought. You had hatred prior to committing the act. Yeah. So you knew that you were going to carry out this heinous act against this person. Plan you planned for it. So malice is another way of saying you plan to be mean and nasty and hateful, okay? And, and Paul saying, don't let that be among you. That's not God's children. That's not what Jesus has taught you in the new birth. Get rid of that stuff. That's what the world expects. The world say, eye for an eye and a what? Two, two. two for a two. And now, now the world saying, get them before they do what? Get you. Well, well you make the preemptive strike. And God said, turn the other cheek. And we go, are you serious, Jesus? <laughs> I got to he done knocked this tooth out. Now you want me to let him knock this tooth out? <laughs> but guess what? If the Lord said it, he what? He meant it. There's no negotiation with it. We can't rationalize our way out of that. All right? And final for the chapter today. And I'm excited about chapter five next week because chapter five is just absolutely the hallmark of wholesome living before the Lord. It's just so beautiful. Um, in verse 32, and I didn't even ask you what version of the Bible you have. What version do you read? King James. Okay, so we'll stick to that side. Um, and be ye kind one to another. Are children excused from that? Are parents excused to being kind to their children? No. Are children excused from that, being kind to their parents? No. no. Are neighbors excused from that? What about the stranger? Even if Greg walked through the door, by the way, we hadn't seen Greg in a couple of weeks. I so he's, he's still Greg. He's still Greg, right? He was just, it's, hot, it's nice out, so he's outside. Okay. Even when Greg walked through the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we still got the love. <laughs> okay. We still got the love, Greg. And there's another lady that comes, and she's a female version of Greg. There's a female version of Greg. Huh? And sometime I say to Shelly, I said to Chris the other day, I said, keep that woman away from me. <laughs> and so I said, keep that woman away from me because I don't want to be caught up in a moment. <laughs> okay? And that's enough said on that. <laughs> All right? Sister Vicka looking like, do I have to come spank you, Brother Sammy? <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> I'm being a good boy. <laughs> so be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Uh, Brother Me is one of the most tenderhearted men I knew. Mm -hmm. And that's the God's truth. Yeah. He come in, he always has a smile on his face, even when he's not at his best. And uh, sweeps the sidewalk side and, man. He's on the kids a little. And he cracks on his wife. <laughs> so she has to be a lovable woman because I tell you, put up with that. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just being a mess right now. Um, 
Oh, by the way, can y'all drop them off at their house? Because y'all go by their house going home. Are y'all going right home tonight? Yes. No, 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 no. They're going that way. There you go. They they live past Fort White. Okay. I mean, I don't want to. No, they're not bonding them. It's the body of Christ. He's one of our deacons. He sets the example. Yeah, but he's not feeling good. I'm not driving. <laughs> there it is. Miss Vick is driving. His face is not as flush as it was. The Holy Spirit is doing a work in him. Okay, we're closing out right now. We got two minutes left of Bible study. Uh, so, be ye kind one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. That's a huge one. Okay? That is a huge one. Remember I told you all that the Greek verb there is a feme, and it means to release. Release that person from that guilt of having hurt you. Let it go, God says. Okay? And then it says, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven who? You. Amen. And that's a wonderful note to stop on. And uh, as before, we always want to let folks know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Amen? The only way in which salvation can be received is one must call upon the name of Jesus, the Son of God. And receive him into their hearts. Amen, boys and girls? Y'all did good today. To God be the glory. Any questions? All right.